Hey guys, it's your boy Vinny B from Raider Nation Radio in the huddle. Guys, I've been talking for months now about TAT, an affordable quality CBD cigarette. Well, good news, all TAT products are now available at all Speedy Marts across Las Vegas. That's right, TAT products, all of them, are now available at all Speedy Marts across Las Vegas. Welcome back to the second hour here on Raider Nation Radio. It's the morning tailgate. Vinny Bonsignor, Heidi Fang, Clay Baker, and you here on this Freestyle Wednesday. 69187 is the Salmon Ash text line, and you can reach us on Twitter at rnr 920 am here on Raider Nation Radio. Vinny, Heidi, and Clay, let's go on this Wednesday. We always get a chance to talk to our good friend Eddie Morsilli with Sirius XM here on Raider Nation Radio at this time. He's also a big part of Fight Nation, the great channel with Sirius XM. Follow him on Twitter at Morsilli and his own show. His own Raider show, Yards Per Attempt, coming out each and every week. Eddie, it's great talking with you, man. Good, Thank you for being with us. You know, what do you think, though, how the Raiders kind of like they canceled the last day of minicamp for a reason? It seems like they kind of like are pleased with the progress. Do you think that the coaches are kind of uh, telling us that they're kind of pleased with how everything has gone up to this part with all the new faces? Guys, it's always a pleasure to come on, as always. Thanks for having me. I- I really think, and I don't want to be too too coy here, but I really think it's everybody's ready for summer vacation. Let's get on with it. Sure. But uh, I, I, I'm a little surprised. You know, you, you see the new coaching staff sometimes, and you know the veteran guys like like Mike Tomlin's and and, and Ron Rivera's of the world. They might give some of that, but it's something that we talked about in the past, guys. This is a veteran football team. They don't have they have a young football team, but they have some veterans that have been there for a while. And even though they're implementing a new system, I just think it's a way for Josh McDaniels to endear himself to the players, to the staff, say, hey, guys, you put in some hard work there in minicamp. We feel good where we are. Let's get some, you know, let's get some R&R. Let's get some rest. Enjoy yourselves. Don't be dumb out there. Come back for training camp, and let's get this thing going. So I think it's probably a little bit of both that McDaniels is pleased from what he saw from his football team, and it's kind of a big thank you to the veterans to say, hey, let's get an early start on your summer vacation. Yeah, I completely agree, uh, Eddie. No doubt about it. And they 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 did put a lot of work in, and, and attendance was 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 way up. Um, what do you think that's indicative of? Um, you know, obviously being here in Las Vegas and players living here year round uh, obviously helps. But you know, uh, the fact that there is a new coach, there is a new system, a whole bunch of new players, uh, it feels like everyone's kind of buying in. And attendance really uh, was indicative of, of that. I thought. You know this. I mean, it, it's a great point, too, but you know this. I mean, with the new coaching staff, everybody's trying to make their impressions, right? It's like if someone new comes in and you get a new boss or something like that, you want to put the best foot forward. Josh McDaniels, Dave Ziegler, they brought in a bunch of free agents. They draft, This is their first draft class, but a lot of the majority of these players on this football team were not drafted by Dave Ziegler, were not coached by Josh McDaniels. So they have to indoctrinate themselves to the coaching staff to what's going on. So. You know, a Josh Jacobs missing, you know, some mandatory mini camps. Would that be a good look for a player that's on the bubble that didn't pick up his future option? Other players too. You know, why would you try to miss any time? Why would you not want to put your best foot forward? Because these coaches and this front office, they have no loyalty to these players on this football team besides the ones they drafted this year and some of the phrases they brought in. So I think it behooves the players to, to put their best foot forward to come in show what they, they're made of because everybody's vying for a job. There's going to be a lot of competition at this year's training camp. So it's smart for these guys to get in, learn the new system, show the coaching staff that they're buying in if they want to be a part of this team moving forward. 
So I know where you would stand on the question of where do the Derek Carr and Devontae Adams duo rank among the uh, the NFL. Uh, that's something I've seen kind of go around these rankings, you know. Um, in fact, I think Pro Football Focus put out their quarterback rankings and their top five. And you see, you know, Aaron Rodgers, Matt Stafford, those guys up in there. But where would you rank Carr right now with the addition of Adams in uh, terms of quarterback play? It's, it's a great question, Heidi, but, you know, there's a lot to be seen. But if you're going to look, look at this. It's different when you look at it. Nobody knew what Matt Stafford to Cooper Cup was going to look like last year. Mm-hmm. Everybody knew Matt Stafford was super talented and Cooper Cup was one of the best receivers in the National Football League. But you don't know about that connection. Everybody knows what the connection is like for Derek Carr and Devontae. And now it's been, you know, close to a decade since they played with each other. But they, there's a, the friendship has lasted. I'm sure they've thrown with each other a bunch even before he joined the Raiders. So I think you have to propel them to the top of the, the, the pecking order here when it comes to quarterback wide receiver duos because it's not going to be that, that learning curve. It's not going to be like, all right, let's put in some extra time during the offseason to get on the same page. It's not like, hey, look, these are the little things that I like to do. Devontae Adam knows the little you know, things that Derek Carr likes to do at the line of scrimmage when he wants to come to him. Derek Carr knows the breaks that Devontae Adam makes when he, make, when he runs a slant or he runs a, he runs a nine route or something like that. So I think on, the, on paper, you have to vault them to the top of the QB wide receiver rankings just because of their history together. It just makes total sense. It's not like you have two guys coming in that have veteran careers that never played each other. These guys are best friends. They show it on social media every single day how good <laughs> friends they are. Yeah. Um, it's almost like you know we get Step Brothers material coming up with them pretty soon. But you have to vault them to the top. Devontae Adams, I've said it a million times, is if not 1A one, one of the receiver in the National Football League, and Derek Carr is getting that number one weapon he's never he, that he hasn't had for a long time, and they go back a long way. So I think that puts them right at the top of the QB wide receiver talk in the National Football League. And Teddy Borsilli from SiriusXM and Fight Nation at Borsilli on Twitter. Make sure you catch his Raiders show, Yards Per Attempt, everywhere you get podcasts. You know, on Friday, Hunter Renfro uh, got the new deal, an extension, two years, $31 million, $21 million guaranteed. Uh, what do you think of his production will be you know, as this offense gets going? Will he be able to eclipse like 100 receptions again? And I'll get to that. Say, I really, I honestly think it's a really smart contract by Hunter Renfro and his and his and his uh, you know his team okay. because he's going to get another bite at the apple here, guys. Around twenty nine, thirty years old, and if he puts up the production like I think he will, I think he will play. I think that you know we talked about it last week about production for this football team and about offensive production and the numbers. Maybe Hunter won't have a hundred and you know twenty catches or hundred and ten catches, sure. but the production he is too good of a player. That's why the Raiders made it a priority after June 1st when I got some money to sign a player like this because coming out of college, nobody knew. They saw what he did at Clemson, especially in the national title game versus Alabama, what kind of player he could be. But obviously the size questions came in. The Raiders hit the jackpot. He's been an excellent football player. Just think about if they kind of used him the right way in his rookie year, what his, what his stats would be. I mean, his stats would be even higher. Maybe the contract's a little bit higher. So I think it's smart by the organization. You lock up a player, make him happy, give him some guaranteed money. And I think it's smart by Hunter Renfro and, and his team because it, it, it gives him another bite of the apple. And I think the production is going to be there. Him and Carr have ter- terrific chemistry. We all know about third and Renfro. We know how reliable he is on those short yardage downs to pick up a first down. So maybe he's not going to get the you know, 110, 115-type catch uh, season that we're accustomed from Hunter Renfro. But I don't think he has to be because I think there's going to be other offensive weapons. But I still think he's an 85-plus catch guy. Um, hopefully the touchdowns get a little higher, too, in the red zone. 
You know, Eddie, we uh, we we keep talking about offense, uh, and it's easy to focus on offense with the Raiders when you're talking about Carr and Josh Jacobs and Hunter and Darren Waller uh, and Devontae Adams. That's where your eyes immediately go to. But there's another side of the football uh, that also has to hold up its end of the bargain, and it will really basically be the difference between the Raiders getting where they want to get to and not. And, and that's the defensive side of the ball. Uh, how anxious – Curious, are you um, to, to get a look at, at, at this Patrick Graham led defense? I'm, I'm very anxious, and it was, uh, you know, it's a system that they haven't run for a, a couple of years. And I know every NFL defense has the hybrid things; you can go into the three man front, and the four man front. But there's a lot of moving pieces. They brought, like I said, they brought in a ton of guys on the defensive line. I still think the secondary is in play now. In many camps, you can speak this. In, in many camps, they had Jonathan Abram playing deep, uh, you know, not close to the line of scrimmage. I don't know how I feel about that. You know, you hear talk about a guy like Landon Collins coming in, who obviously is not the player that he was once at safety. He plays, again, more close to the line of scrimmage. And Patrick Graham, we know, likes that type of versatility. But it's always going to come down to the Raider defense. It always has come down to the Raider defense. It, last year, the only reason they made, you know, not the only reason, but one of the main reasons they made the playoffs is because the sack numbers went up. So I think there's a lot of different moving parts on the defense. I want to see how the defensive line, who emerges from that defensive line group. Can Cleo Farrell stay on this football team? How do the linebackers shake out? you still got guys like you know Diablo that hasn't been playing. And the secondary, there are a lot more questions. That, that's, okay. that's really the, the message going into, tra- going into uh, the training camp is going to be, you know, what's the offensive line going to look like? And what's this defense going to look like? Because they're going to get tested every single week. And it's not just in the AFC West. It's every single team that they play, the way the NFL is structured now, is going to put pressure on the defense. If they can consistently get after the quarterback, I still think there's players out there, whether it's in Dominican Sioux, there's some pass rushers out there. I'd like to see, you know, a guy that I personally would like to see the Raiders maybe go out there is a guy like Robert Quinn. Robert Quinn mm-hmm. is, oh, yeah. one of the most, uh, is one of the most underrated pass rushers of our generation. And I know that's saying a lot, but this guy has consistently been over 10, 12 sacks every single year. He had a couple down years. He had some injuries, but he's not fitting in with the Bears anymore. The Bears are going younger. They're a team in transition. I don't know if he's going to show up for training camp or not, but you can never, you guys know this, you can never have that many pass rushers. And if the Raiders are going with this new hybrid scheme, I think Robert Quinn is the guy that you could add into this defense that would give, you know, imagine a Max Crosby, Chandler Jones, and Robert Quinn type pass rush. Now you kind of cook it with gas in the AFC West. It's a lot of money, though. That salary, yeah, it jumps uh, out at you. I, I know. Hopefully you could do something. You could do something with the salary. Maybe, you know, there's always, obviously, this way everybody jokes about the salary cap all the time. But, you know, it's, it's ways, and where there's a will, there's a way. If you want to play on your football team, I think yeah. Dave Ziegler and Cole could, could figure out a way. But, you know, there's still some veterans out there. Like I said, in Dominican Sioux, there's, there's guys coming off the edge. So I think there's pass rushes to be had. But that also goes back to Malcolm Coons, too. Malcolm yeah. Coons emerges in training camp. Maybe you don't need that veteran guy. But if, if he shows that he... He's not ready to take that next step. They might need to inject some more pass rush into this football team. That's pretty much what I was just about to ask you. It's like we're sharing yeah, a brain. Hey, come on, we know. I can't uh, mind, yo, what's that. up? So look, here's my here's where my brain was going, my man. I was thinking about how we can really look to some of this rookie class then in the defensive line, the defensive side. I'm not talking about like Zamir White and what they've done and bringing in Dylan 
harm. I'm talking about Matthew Butler. I'm talking about Neil Farrell. I want to get your take on how those two guys as defensive tackles might be utilized, whether it's like a red shirt year, if you think one of them can come in, make an impact at that position. What do you see when you look at the defensive side of this year's rookie class with the Raiders? Yeah, Heidi, we had Ed Ogeron down, down, down at Senior Bowl time. He raised about Farrell. He really did. He was a player that was one of his favorite players on the football team, one of his favorite recruits, you know, a hard worker. I, I hate that the fact of teams, and I know, you know, it, it kind of happened with Malcolm Coons last year. Like, you're, the Raiders are not that high up where they're a team that could draft and kind of redshirt guys for two years. Like, they need these guys to come in. And play, and that's why I mentioned defensive line so much. Is yeah. you have so many bodies on a defensive line. Like, are they going to do what they did last year when it was almost like a hockey line type of deal, just rotating guys in and out? Um, so I think I think you have to see what they give you in training camp. I mean, you're hoping to find the diamond in the rough type of guy and give you that. I've been barking and yelling, whether it's on this or on, on social media. The Raiders have just had not had that push up the middle in years. It just hasn't been there. They've had the, the, the pressure from the outside, and how many times have you seen a quarterback or, or something you know, sneak up the line of scrimmage? They've not had that person to get it consistently after the quarterback. So they, they're continually going to look for that. I know they've brought in a lot of guys to stop the run, but I think when it looks at Butler, Butler and Farrell, you're going to have to see what they look like early on in camp. Are they going to be guys that can contribute? If they are, you're going to see a lot of the veterans that they brought in, like you know, some of the guys like Nichols and those guys lose some playing time. And it has to do with the young guys. But I don't like the fact of drafting guys at the thought of, of having them a couple of years. You want these guys to come in. These guys played at big-time schools. Hopefully, you know, one or two of them can emerge for the 2020 season. Well, Eddie, you know what? I, that that kind of fans the flame here because you, you're right, especially on the defensive line. If you start dealing with a couple of injuries right there in training camp and it pervades into the season, you realize how thin they are at this very position because if you're already relying on uh, guys like Vernon Butler, Hankins, and Nichols, if one of those two uh, or one of those three get hurt, you're really starting to see that perhaps uh, you know this formation and this scheme and philosophy, it still needs a lot more talent at that position in order for things to go. And secondary too. I mean, you're you're you don't know what you're going to get out of Trayvon Mullen. You don't know what he's going to come back injury wise. You don't know what you're going to get. One injury, you know, one main injury to the cornerback position, and you're looking at you know a, a, a secondary that's beaten up. Or one injury, you know, to a safety spot. God forbid a guy like Trayvon Merrick goes down, and you know you're looking at who do you got back there? Who could play that free safety? Who yeah. could play that center field? So I think that the roster is still a work in progress. There's always guys that are going to get cut as we get to training camp. There's going to be some trades here and there. So I, I don't think it's a finished product yet. You know, to Vinny's point, I mean, the offense is, is pretty set. You know, the offensive line is obviously the big key going in. But I think you could still see some veterans on this football team, uh, you know, as we get closer to camp and especially towards the season being added. Because I, I don't think it's a finished product. And to your point, Clay, you know, one or two injuries. And it's like every NFL team. I think every NFL team is in the same spot. But you want to have some good depth. And I think, you know, the Raiders on defense right now could use one or two players for that depth. Yeah, uh, you know, uh, what's so interesting about what you just said, uh, Eddie, too, though, and what we're talking about here is as opposed to years past, and this is a good thing, I just wrote about it, actually, um, the Raiders don't need their rookies to be to fill prominent roles. Yeah, you know, Neil Farrell um, and, and, uh, and, and Matthew Butler could be rotational guys if they prove that they're able to do that. But as opposed to years past when you needed Henry Ruggs, when you needed Brian Edwards, when you needed uh, Damon Arnett, when you needed on and on and on and on to fill roles 
with rookie players, they're not in that situation anymore. And as we saw, uh, when they had to use young players, it was a mixed bag. Uh, Some of it because they missed on some of those players, others because guys had learning curves. But when you look at this roster, it's really pretty balanced out where you don't need this rookie class, have to have this rookie class step up. It's a great point because it's and it's why you pound the table and you say go out and trade for Devontae Adams because it's it's a little bit of both and Raider fans are probably not going to hear you say this but it, it's the best of both worlds you don't have to draft to your point and have guys that you need to come in you know the Raiders drafted Henry Ruggs he had to come in and be that big play guy and be essentially a number one weapon like you went out there and you traded these picks a you know because you, you didn't have to screw them up <laughs> let's let's be honest yeah, let's put all the chips on the table here. You know, you didn't have guys that, that you could possibly miss on. You brought in a player like Devontae Adams, and it's a great point, too. Like, you don't have to have relying on a rookie in the National Football League is a tough thing. These guys come in as transitions. You know, you had the COVID years a couple years ago. It's, it's back to normal now. But, you know, if you hit on a guy and a Dylan Parham comes in and plays well in the offensive line and starts, great. But if he doesn't, you know, it's not like, like you, know, you need it to succeed. And it's just a great feeling to have, to, to not – be able to rely on these guys, such young players. And it goes back to the veteran team. It goes back to the young core, but the veteran core on this football team that could stand the test of time and go into the season and not rely on those guys. So it, it's a terrific point. It's something the Raiders haven't had. I mean, look at this team. In a long time. Years. Yep. 2019, three first-round picks. 2022, first round. You've always had guys where Raider Nation was sitting on their edge. Is this guy going to be a bust? Is this going to be good? Look at Alex Leatherwood last year. Everybody's all over him. He has one or two bad games, and this guy stinks. Let's get him out of here. It's just that, that case. You're not going to have that this year. You can look at this roster and be like, wow, you know, Devontae Adams is here. These guys are here. And if he gets something out of the rookies, it's just you know it's icing on the top. All right. Here's uh, my last one to you. is just about what you were just talking about, Alex Leatherwood. Do you see him working at right tackle this year as the starter for that line? I think they're going to give him the chance. I mean, I, I really do. I think they'll give him the chance to start. I think best-case scenario is for him to be the right tackle. Like, you don't draft the guy in the first round unless he's, you know, Quentin Nelson or someone like that that's a dominating player yeah. to be a guard. It's the same conversation, and I know it's years ago, Robert Gowery, when he drafted him to be a franchise left tackle, he ended up being a terrific guard in the National Football League. But you don't draft that. You want Alex Leatherwood to, and Colton Miller to be the bookends. You want him to take that job and run with it, because then you could play with Dylan Parham and Denzel Good and John Simpson on the interior and have those types of guys, you know, Jermaine Illuminar, to, to be your guards and to solidify the offensive line. So I think best-case scenario, and I think McDaniels and Ziggler probably know that let's give this guy the chance to be the right tackle. Let's see if he can flourish on the new scheme, on the new offensive line coach. And if he does, this team will be better off for him because if not, you're looking at Brandon Parker, unless you can go out and sign a right tackle. I know Brandon had some, some ups and downs last year, and I know how people feel about him. But best-case scenario for Josh McDaniels, Dave Ziegler, and for Raider fans, is Alex Leatherwood steps in at right tackle and plays decent and, and, and solidifies himself as, as a solid starter in the National Football League. And then the Raiders could play on the interior the offensive line. I think that's just the best-case scenario. If he can't, you know, he's still a first-round pick. He's still talented. And you move him back to guard, and you figure out the right tackle spot. But I think they're going to give him every single chance to be the right tackle heading into training camp. Hey, Eddie, uh, just lastly, we just want to get your thoughts on a comparison that we've uh, looked at as far as quarterback models are concerned. And it's not Derek Carr 
in comparison with Aaron Rodgers. What about more of an app thing where Derek Carr is compared with Matthew Stafford, where you finally get ascended to a team that plays better defense and being linked with an elite play caller? Could we see that kind of breakout year for Carr? I think so. I, I, I always, I have a hard time with that because Matthew Stafford had really good years. So he was just on really, really bad football teams. And I understand why people want to make that comparison because Carr's been on some really, really bad, but he wasn't on Detroit Lions level of, of, you know, kind of ineptitude. But Derek Carr never played with a Calvin Johnson either. He never played with a guy like that. So it's kind of, I understand why people are saying it. I understand why the comparison's going. I don't think the Raiders defense is where the Rams defense was last year. I could say maybe offensively, the the Raiders might be better offensively than the Rams were on paper heading into the season, but I don't think they're they're there yet. You know, they don't have a player like Aaron Donald that could take over football games on the defensive side, even how great Max and and Chandler could be. So I I understand the comparisons. Um, I I think Derek has all the talent in the world. Matthew Stafford's one of the best throwers of the football uh, this league has seen over the past 20 years. The guy could do it could, could do it all, but you could say the same thing about Derek Carr. So I know the Aaron Rodgers thing was always there from the James Jones comments a couple of years ago about, you know, baby A-Rod and all that kind of stuff. I think with this supporting cast, I could see Derek taking that next step, going into the top 10 level of quarterback play, just with Devontae Adams alone, just injecting that number one guy, that he has not had in the National Football League. You can say what you will about Amari Cooper and Michael Crabtree. They were not Devontae Adams. So I think heading into the season, you could see Derek's stats go up. But he's got to play better in the red zone. He's got to continue to move in the pocket. If he does all those things, I think the numbers are going to come. And it's going to propel him to one of the best you know, seasons he's probably had statistically and probably for the Raiders in terms of wins. Eddie, we love your stuff, man. Thank you again for coming on today. Uh, uh, what's it like now uh, having some new work with uh, Fight Nation? It's something that always keeps you fired up, and now your weekends are even busier. Yeah, man, it's it's, it's a great opportunity. I'm still at SiriusXM, not going anywhere, but I'm happy to lead the great folks over at Fight Nation, Channel 156. They do a terrific job with Busted Open, which covers pro wrestling. we got some combat sports that I know Heidi knows a lot about. Um, so I'm excited for the new opportunity. I'm still going to be tapped into the NFL. I'm not going anywhere, but excited for a, a new venture here and uh, really gets the blood pumping, you know, so excited about it. Uh, brother, we're excited for you. Thank you again for your time. We look forward to uh, catching more of uh, Fight Nation and your show's yards per attempt uh, on the Raiders, brother. Go get him, Eddie. <laughs> Sounds good, guys. Always a pleasure. <laughs> Eddie Borsilli, follow him on Twitter at Borsilli. Um, you know what? It, just as, in his final comment about uh, Derek in Stafford, that Derek could just because of Devontae alone step into that top ten era, that top ten level. Yeah. But is there also a part where his whole career starts to like really start to come together because of Devontae, and it's more than just one year? Maybe he uh, really does unlock something that's kind of held him back. Yeah, uh, it was funny because as I was listening to Eddie talk about the, uh, you know, it, it, it was he he kept coming back to yeah they kind of are uh, similar so it's they they throw the ball differently they're different quarterbacks um, but but the numbers are, are are the same and the situations that you know that both have played in in their careers are are very eerily really similar um, and so I think. It's it's not so much that Derek Carr is going to get better, magically get better. I think his numbers are going to elevate because he's got better players to throw the ball to, oh, yeah. presumably a better offensive line to block for him, uh, which is going to lead to a better running game, a better defense that's going to get him the ball back a, a little bit more. Um, and and so and and it's not going to be a one man show. He's got so many players now that he can turn to, to for help 
uh, in terms of getting the ball and then them doing their thing, that the numbers are going to to, to go up. I don't know if he's going to be a better quarterback as a result of that. I don't think Matthew Stafford was a better quarterback last year. He just had better help. Yeah, and that's, right. that's that's what we're basically saying. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, when we talk about breakthrough years, Heidi, for Derek Carr, we're not necessarily saying that he's all of a sudden going to break through that glass ceiling. It's just going to be that his talent is going to be around other really good, talented players, and the numbers are going to reflect that. There's only two numbers I want to see improve from Derek Carr. Two. Touchdowns and lost fumbles. Yes, the fumble losses. Those are the two numbers I want to see improve. Yeah, you can do all of this, you know, but if at the line of scrimmage you're getting beat off a sack and you're losing the football, that's not going to help anybody. If you're going into the red zone and we're not coming away with more than 23 total touchdowns on the season, though you threw for 4,804 yards, that's going to leave me flat. And that's where I see Devontae Adams being a huge step up because you have somebody that can extend the field. You have somebody that can get open in coverage and quickly. You have somebody that is aware in route running. Think back to that Jets game where Henry Rugg scored the game-winning touchdown and basically it was like a zero blitz that came in so Derek Carr was able to get rid of football. We all know the story. But when... If you're in that scenario again, first of all, you wouldn't be in that scenario with a Devontae Adams on the team because it would have had it <laughs> way down earlier on another play in the, in the field. It wouldn't have come to that situation. Yeah, you might be up by 10 points. Yeah, and but if it is that situation, you're not literally just holding your breath and saying, can he outrun them and will he catch the ball? It's he better catch that football because <laughs> it's at that point, it's Devontae Adams. That's what you bring in a guy like that for. That's what the money is there for, for a guy like him. And that's why he is known as probably over the past five years, the consensus number one wide receiver. And again, you go to touchdowns. If you look at Stafford in 2020 to Stafford in 2021, in 2020 with the Detroit Lions, 26 touchdowns. In 2021 with the Rams, 41 touchdowns. I know there was an extra game, but still, that's a, that's a big push forward on touchdowns. Why? It wasn't because he magically started throwing the ball better. It's because he had better players. He had guys like Odell Beckham. He had guys like Robert Woods and Cooper Cup and Tyler Higby and a play caller <laughs> like Sean guy Woods was too. Uh, like, love, you know, love, like I Woody, think, love yeah, Robert, Robert Woods. I think when you think about a guy like him, is how necessary he is to making the wheel work. But a lot of people just don't think about his name. So that was I just know. Like, <laughs> well, I, I remember <laughs> I when I was covering him. the Rams and they signed yeah. him. Everyone was like, well, "Robert Woods, he's a bust. He's a this. He's a that." I remember talking to Robert Woods about his situation in, De- in, in, in Buffalo. I asked him, how many quarterbacks did you play for in Buffalo, with in Buffalo? And then there was, this, and there was like six <laughs> different quarterbacks. Like, everyone's blaming you because you're a quote-unquote bust. You had complete uncertainty at quarterback throughout his entire career there. It makes a difference. It does, and I think uh, to, to both your points, having that kind of trust downfield that's part of uh, what makes you know a, a guy like Stafford, you know, you know coming around in a, in a career where after ten years you're not seeing a lot of personal success. But when you start having all that kind of weapons that you can really trust, now you now you have faith in what the play calls are going to be because you understand that all you got to do is just your job. You just have to you, you kind of pare down your responsibilities, and that was something that Stafford uh, also had to worry about. In fact, we'll go behind the numbers a little bit further as as Heidi was talking about. Hey, I, if I want to see some improvement out of Derek. I want to see more touchdowns thrown mm-hmm. and less fumbles. Well, let's take a look at comparison of between Carr and Stafford. Real quick, we'll come back with that on Raider Nation Radio. It's Vinny, Heidi, and Clay on your Freestyle Wednesday. 
Now, back to the morning tailgate with Clay Baker and Heidi Fang. And it's time to go inside the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor. Sponsored by Embajador Tequila and presented by the Realty One Group. You guys do know what part of the season is going to come down to, right? Health! 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 Heal! I was like, Injuries tackles? Are, I know exactly, right? Landing In addition college? to all that, health. Speaking of which, there's nothing worse in life than living in chronic pain with little hope. And far too many of us are in that, that exact predicament, whether it's ourselves or a loved one. Um, and it's just, it's, it feels hopeless. However, the Neuropathy and Pain Center of Las Vegas offers genuine relief from even the most severe and persistent forms of pain. They can get you back on the right track. Please call their office today or book an appointment online to find out how to live as pain-free a life as possible. Their number is 702-257-7246. You deserve it. Your mom, your dad, your friend, your colleague, your classmate deserves to live a pain-free life in the Neuropathy and Pain Center of Las Vegas. Can get you or a loved one or a friend back on the right track at 702 257 7246. I like it. This is a, you know, when we started looking at the Stafford and car comparison, the numbers were. Just a, it was it was getting laughable. It was as you said, uncanny. At, at yeah. Like how much they match up, and you know it's it's part of like how they both kind of started in the league. They were like you know as a baptism by fire. You are going to play. You're our starting quarterback. The team's not good, but we're going to take our lumps, and you're going to learn on the job as they flush through. You know the the Lions and the Raiders while they were a year with uh, Derek Carr's first years, flushing through players, coaches, coordinators. But finally, when you start getting you know more talent. And a better theory and philosophy underway with an elite play caller, good things can start to happen. But up to but for the first nine years, and even like with Stafford uh, adding like another you know three uh, years on top of that, you see that the numbers all come down. They're very very close, and it's alarming that uh, many people will always defer to Stafford as like no doubt a top ten quarterback. But yet Derek Carr, he's always on the other side, like eleven twelve. Right, right, and 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 uh, I just I, I think that. Um, barring injuries, everybody stays healthy. I think Derek Carr is going to prove that. Um, I, I mentioned Lamar Odom earlier. Okay, uh, great. he was he was so fun and so interesting to talk to. But anyway, we get into a conversation one day. I was covering the Lakers back in Los Angeles, uh, and he was talking about how circumstance is so important in life and in sports. And he brought up the example at that time, Kevin Garnett, who at that time was with the Minnesota Timberwolves. All right, and so he said, Vinny. You tell me, are you telling me that if you took Kevin Garnett and traded him to San Antonio and replaced Garnett and replaced Tim Duncan with with Garnett and Garnett goes down to San Antonio with Popovich, Tony Parker, Manu Ginobili, that system, that infrastructure, Mm -hmm. those teammates, you're telling me that the San Antonio Spurs aren't still winning championships with Kevin Garnett? There, uh, as opposed to Tim Duncan, I had to say you're you're absolutely right. <laughs> you know, he's like the Pride Awake Forest. We were talking about him this yeah, morning. And, Sorry, and, I had and, <laughs> right. You guys were talking about Tim Duncan. We were. What and a nothing, trick! Nothing I didn't against, even know these yeah. were your. Uh, nothing your against Tim, D- Tim Duncan whatsoever. <laughs> um, but he was. But but Lamar's point was. Yet here we are at that point anyway, talking about Kevin Garnett and is he one of the greats? Is he a great player? You know, he's in Minnesota languishing in Minnesota. What did you say? Coaching changes, rosters turning over, limited success. Um, and, and Kevin Garnett, as the face of that franchise, bore the brunt of that. 
And Lamar's point was put him in San Antonio and look how differently we're going to start talking about Kevin Garnett. And true to that, a couple of years later, he goes to Boston with the big three and they win a championship and play for another championship right after that. Proving Lamar uh, Odin's point that circumstance is so important. And when you look at a Derek Carr, uh, and I'm speaking right to Raider Nation right now, when you look at a Derek Carr, yes, um, he's been the face of the franchise. And for the majority of the time that he's been here, it, it hasn't been good. But it shouldn't be all on his shoulders, not even close. It, it's a team effort. That's funny you say that. It's all coming full circle, Finny. Because <laughs> uh, I was just on Twitter here replying to Raider Rich. Uh, about you know the comment that I had made about um, what would happen with the the in terms of you know Derek Carr has this great season but there's no defense to stop the other guys you know so like it's all about balance of course. it's all about the balance and it's all about making sure like Eddie said that some of those question marks on defense are also solidified and I keep going back to that and you mentioned it's funny Garnett and and Tim Duncan I I, I guess looking back. I don't know which one I would choose for my team if I was making a job. I might go Tim Duncan just because I got a soft spot. I love Tim Duncan. I used to love watching him play. I got a soft spot there. My dad used to like, because he's a basketball coach, just mm -hmm. sit there and talk to me all about Tim Duncan for just like hours. Like, <laughs> you know when that. And, 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 and it, started, it started to like, when we were watching, of course, games, you know, that was the, the talk for him was look at what he does, look at how he, you know, isolates himself, look at he, how he puts up, you know, the defense and this and that. And, uh, Anyway, so on and on and on. But to, to the point of you know Derek Carr and his season and what could happen, I just think that it, when the offense is great, it's going to be a big change for, uh, I think, like we were talking about a little bit uh, off air here with the different receivers that he had throughout the years. This is bar none the best group that he oh, has had to work with. Not even close. And not yeah. <laughs> I mean, I was going back to James Jones and Andre yeah. Holmes in his rookie year. Oh, you God. know, uh, and then when you had Tyrell Williams brought in and then the foot issues that he had and then the whole Antonio Brown saga that they went through as a team and, you know, finally bringing it home with Renfro and getting rugs on board and, with, and you had Aguilar out there that was doing big things. It was a shame that sometimes you look at the way the NFL is and the contract that he had only kept in there for a year but if you know if things didn't happen that way wouldn't probably open the door for where we are now right exactly and throw in Josh McDaniels into that equation too because as we've talked about many many times uh, especially when when his name was being bandied about with the Raiders job and I, and I know that there was some you know uh, trepidation from some Raider fans because of what happened in Denver and uh, the situation in Indianapolis but people in the NFL that I respect and talk to were like this guy is an offensive game changer there aren't that many guys that have that kind of offensive acumen and brain that this guy does he will change change for the better uh play calling scheming adjustments all those types of things game to game series to series play to play um etc cetera, etc cetera. and and you add that element to it and not to take anything away from anybody that called players here before but josh mcdaniels is an elite play caller an elite offensive mind and that's going to help Derek carr as well too Here's, here's some of the number comparisons that uh, we were looking at, and it's, you know, getting that elite play caller is going to help clear up some of this, and it's going to help car advance. But when you see that for the first eight years for Stafford, uh, in connection with, in comparison to uh, Carr's eight years, you see that fourth quarter comebacks. Derek Carr's got 24. Matt Stafford at 25. Yep. Mm -hmm. Game winning drives over eight years. Derek Carr 30. Matt Stafford 31. But the good and the bad come with this. Sacks. 
Derek Carr has been sacked over eight years, 237 times. Matt Stafford, 242 times. Yes, it's, it's, it all a add, difference. It all oh, adds up, Clay. It all adds up. Here's a difference, though. Carr never had a Megatron to throw to. Calvin Johnson and Marvin Jones, but the O-line, like you said, Clay, was right. a complete disaster. If he didn't have Calvin, what would these numbers be? <laughs> I mean, would would would, would Stafford still even want to start playing football would, anymore? Would the Rams yeah. have even invested in him? Because then well, they can't even that. see the potential that he would have had as a quarterback if he didn't have a weapon like that to throw to. Beautiful point. That's exactly true. If you didn't see what the ceiling was mm-hmm. once, mm-hmm. how would you even know what the potential is? And would you trade two first-rounders for that? Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. Um, um, and, and they knew that they were getting – they knew who they were getting. Um, when they made that trade, I talked to some people uh, over there, and they are like, it's rare that a quarterback like that is even available. Uh, you know, and, and that was circumstance to begin with. And all the, um, you know, by the way, the new general manager of the Detroit Lions just happened to be a longtime former Rams uh, executive. He was their college scouting director, Brad Holmes. Um, and so – you know the circumstance that 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 uh, that that Matthew Stafford was in. Tom Brady leaving the Patriots to go to Tampa Bay and winning a Super Bowl played into that as well. Because Matthew Stafford's like, man, you know, maybe I'm just a good situation away from being in a really good situation. And maybe if I force the issue here a little bit at this stage of my career, um, it can happen. And I give the Detroit Lions a lot of credit. You know, Brad Holmes, the general manager in particular, but also ownership for saying, you know what, you've been a great soldier here. You've been our face of our franchise. You've never complained. Matthew Stafford never complained. He showed up. He played. He played hurt. And as sort of a, hey, you know what, at the stage of your career, um, where we are to we could go get a bunch of first-round picks and and solidify our future or, or help solidify our future um, and 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 grant you your wish. And sometimes it takes both sides to be able to do that. The Packers did that with Devontae Adams when you really think about it. They, they had all yes. the power. You know, um, you know, they could have called his bluff. They could have forced him. They could have said, you're going to lose money here, right. but we're, we're holding on oh, to you. Oh, sure they did that because I heard he was offered more money there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and, and so, but, 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 and this, I, to me, karma works a, a, a lot of different ways. And I think good karma as an organization by saying at some point, you know what, um, you've done right by us and you've never complained. We haven't really done right by you necessarily. It's not lining up right now. Where do you want to go? We're going to help you get there. And I think the good organizations understand that and take care of theirs like that. And that ends up coming back around at some point. That's Vinny, Heidi, Clay here with you on this Freestyle Wednesday. Let's take a break. Run VHC. VHC on the way on the other side. <laughs> uh, Sam and Ash is going to join us in the third hour. But we also will have a, a chance for you to win this $150 dining card from Fogo de Chon for the Father's Day Feast. Be caller number 9 at 702-365-9200. Try and discover what new foods you can't get anywhere else because Fogo de Chon brings that to you. Welcome to What's Next. You can get your reservations online at Fogo.com, but be caller number nine and hook pops up for Father's Day, 702-365-9200. Back to the morning tailgate with Clay Baker on R&R 920 AM. Be part of the show. Text us on the Sam and Ash text line. Text the keyword R&R followed by your message to 69187. Right here. Lanier. Who's that? Lanier. Oh, I, who, who's Stevie B? Is that? Yeah. Oh, is this Stevie B? Did no, I mess up? No, this is Lanier. Oh, okay, I was like, yo, Stevie B. Isn't we played that, earlier. Spring Love is yeah. Stevie B. So, I got so, mixed up so for a minute. So Stevie B. I'm I'm living in Ventura, California. Stevie B. performs at um 
he performs at uh, a theater uh, there in Ventura. And the next thing you know, uh, I wake up one morning and this bus is right outside uh, my next door neighbor's house. Is and, and I'm like, whose bus? It was. Oh, really? It was like the band's bus? bus. So somehow they ended up, you know. And so I don't know what the heck happened at that house that night. Oh, I'm sure it was that's fun. Great. Yeah. So I was like, yeah. <laughs> Stevie B was big there for a while. Stevie B was like the so big. Like you, his he had that one album, Love and Emotion, and five yes. tunes came out of it, and it played for like a full calendar year. Yeah. You know, and like every uh, every girl I knew had to have that cassette or. CD or single, whatever it took to get it going, but it's like uh, he like transcended like the freestyle movement. It, got, it became so popular through him and Lanier and, and a lot of great acts that kind of came out of that. But right. um, I, I, I never now and then Stevie B, who lives in Las Vegas, that, oh, I want to okay. see if we can pull him in here. Yes, one time. we got to get Stevie B one time, Stevie B, just for Heidi. So Heidi, Heidi I only had it. the mix up to be honest because I had my headphones off on that rejoin. Because, oh, okay. you know, I just took him off for a moment. So I, I could hear Lanier, the beat, but I, I wasn't 100% sure of it. I'm like, did I mishear that through my headphones? Because <laughs> you're, you're I didn't have him on my yeah. head. Yeah, I had him around my neck. So you're listening to Freestyle anyway. I was just uh, feeling like, the vibe. <laughs> this is the Heidi Day. And I want to do um, um, all football uh, song Monday, like where we can take songs from, like, I don't know, random football movies. That's a and really good idea. Put them in All the Monday. right moves. Yeah. Wow. I, I just thought of that on the way in this morning, and I was like, let me throw this out at the guy. Oh, I know. And you, you wanted to hear uh, Lil Wayne. I was Wayne. listening to my little Wayne jam from the Madden song, because Madden's out. In fact, Neil Farrell is challenging uh, Twitter to come join him and play. I want to get in on that. I don't know if he's PlayStation or his Xbox or what. <laughs> Oh, PS5. PS5? Okay. Oh, I got to upgrade everything. Yeah, the Sega Genesis. So, uh, can you play on that? I didn't. I had to get rid of my Xbox One. These are tough but choices. It's a tough time for me right now. Hey. But, but I found a, a PS4. And so I got a <laughs> PS4 that I'm learning to play on. And it's like learning to be right-handed when you've been left-handed your whole life. Yeah, it's hard to shave left-handed when and you've so been And so like I'm looking at the buttons and they use like, it's like Squid Game on that controller. It's like X, O, square, <laughs> plus sign. <laughs> and on the Xbox, it's letters, X, Y. A. So right. I'm looking at it and I'm like, okay, the triangle is Y. The circle is B. <laughs> See, this is why people have trouble in the Paul Gunther defense. <laughs> They're making well, too much. Exactly. This is so what Derek Carr. Imagine Carr's, a playbook. This oh is my what Derek Carr is going through right now. Mind is blown, uh, man. Learning a, learning a new playbook. This yeah, is what Derek Carr but is. it is the same stuff and moves. I gotta ask it's Derek. Just different symbols. Ask him if he's doing the Squid Game offense. I gotta ask. <laughs> I'm gonna. I'm gonna ask Derek if he's, uh, you know, uh, going back and playing some Xbox with. The Patriots offense, you know, uh, yeah. a couple of years ago, because there is some, uh, you know, they, they do a pretty good job uh, with Madden and uh, and kind of replicating things. Now, I'm not saying that, they, you know, that's the end all be all, uh, but, he, you know, there's there's some there's some things that he could probably pick up uh, playing that, and, you know, uh, putting himself at quarterback with the uh, with the Patriots uh, and learning that offense, because that's what he's going through right now. And uh, and, uh, you know, you had mentioned uh, Clay that the, that they that they called off uh, OTAs a, a day early, and I think it's a good sign that you know that Josh McDaniels feels pretty good about where his offense is, and Patrick Graham feels uh, where his defense is in terms of picking it up and installing and having a base command of of, of either side of the ball, so that uh, going into training camp they're going to hit the ground running. 
And uh, that's what we should do. Let's hit it. We'll go into the third hour. Hit Papa it. Meech is on hold. We'll also Papa take Meech. more calls for you more from calls. the Realty One Group listener line, 702-365-9200. Back after this on Raider Nation Radio. Get- hey, guys. It's your boy, Vinny B. from Raider Nation Radio in the huddle. Guys, I've been talking for months now about TAT, an affordable quality CBD cigarette. Well, good news. All TAT products are now available at all Speedy Marts across Las Vegas. That's right. TAT products, all of them, are now available at all Speedy Marts across Las Vegas.